Are you feeling more rested this week? With our return to standard time, technically we gained an hour of sleep on the weekend, but it probably was not enough to make up for the sleep deficit that most Canadians actually have. In fact, experts in the field say that with the advent of COVID-19, the sleep issues that we already had have turned lack of sleep into a serious health concern that now verges on a crisis. So what can you do to improve this? Well, to talk more about this, we're joined now by Jonathan Charest, who's a PhD, the Director of Athlete Sleep Services, Behavioral Sleep Medicine Specialist at the Center for Sleep. Jonathan, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me this morning. Well, first of all, that's quite the title. What do you do at the Center for Sleep? I essentially, I help uh, both the uh, general public and athletes to uh, optimize their sleep in order to increase their performance, uh, either if it's for a uh, athletic performance or work performance or an overall general uh, performance. So that you just want to increase uh, or better your mood and uh, your life in general and well-being. Okay, so how much of a difference does it make to get a good night's sleep? How much does that improve our performance? It makes all the difference in the world, in fact. So you just have to experience one poor night of sleep and you already feel the effect of lack of sleep. We all have these nights. Uh, so the, in terms of want to put numbers, we're talking in the neighborhood of 3 to 5% of improvement. This may seem low, but an improvement of 3 to 5% that is only obtainable by getting a nice sleep is a free addition that you can have every night. So to me, this is quite significant. Okay, so what is the key to getting that? So the key to get a good night of sleep is, of course, having a nice pre-bedtime routine, uh, activities that you enjoy that you can repeat almost every night, having a similar bedtime and wake time weekdays, weekend, weekend. And of course, please, for everyone, put the electric device and the screen away at least half an hour before reaching bed. Okay, this is the thing. I think a lot of people, they start doing things around bedtime, Jonathan, and, they, and they, they're not tired, so they don't want to go to sleep. But do we really have to be disciplined about it? Well, the blue light will have an impact, and that's why uh, with DSD now ending and PST, so standard time, we are very happy with that. And the reason we are happy, it's not because we are uh, only getting one extra hour of sleep on that Sunday. It's because the light exposure we do experience in the evening is reduced naturally by going back an hour. So if we do uh, use our screen every night, then we, were, we will be exposed to blue light. And that blue light will have a detrimental impact on the uh, secretion of your melatonin. So therefore, you will have trouble maintaining your sleep. Okay, so how big of a problem is this, Jonathan? How would you describe our sleep crisis in Canada? And a sleep crisis is quite significant. Uh, If you only get around six hours sleep on average per night, uh, which is still good, but we saw uh, a decrease in performance, especially behind the wheel. And right now with the reality of Canadian winter, we need to be more attentive on the road. But if we don't sleep accordingly or properly, then we're just increasing the likelihood of having a fender bender or a more serious car incident. Does everybody have like a different number of like what the number of ideal hours is or is there just overall the perfect amount of sleep? Oh, the perfect amount of sleep will be stratified by group age. So if we take the biggest group age, so 18 to 64, the National Sleep Foundation will recommend having a, a night of sleep between seven and nine hours. 
Uh, for teenager, this uh, will go up uh, one hour, so it would be between eight and ten hour. And for uh, elderly, so 65 and older, they will recommend between seven and eight hour. So these will be the uh, the general recommendation in terms of how much sleep you should get. But no one should forget that the quantity of sleep does not always equal the quality of your sleep. So if someone gets seven to nine hour and still on refresh in the morning, it will be recommended to have a discussion with uh, your family physician to make sure you don't have a, a primary sleep disorder such as sleep apnea. So how do we improve the quality of our sleep? So the quality of our sleep is, again, reducing all the obvious factors such as smoking, alcohol, then increasing physical activity, decreasing the exposure to blue light, which is the screen we were referring to before, uh, having a uh, regular bedtime, and this one, I cannot say it enough, is being exposed to light, but in the morning. The more light exposure we get in the morning, sunlight, the less of an impact, the following light we may be exposed to will have an impact during the next evening. So really, your next night preparation start as you're getting up with that light exposure in the morning. Right, but if it's dark when you get up, it's very dark when I get up, by the way. Does that, does that mean that, like, turning lights on, like, just keeping things bright? Uh, yeah, so there is such a thing called a bright light therapy, uh, which are little uh, bright lights you can buy on, uh, on Amazon, of course, on Internet, and you need them to be at 10,000 lux. Uh, so if they are at 10,000 lux, a lot of my patients will bring these devices uh, at their office because, yeah, uh, some of my worker, uh, shift worker, they, they wake up at the dark, they finish work at the dark. So we do implement these strategy of having these little uh, bright light with them at, at, at work. Okay, that is so interesting. I'll have the bright light therapy. Do, do you think, though, Jonathan, have people been having more problems this week? Like, do you notice more people talking about their sleep after the time change happens? Well, sleep is a big uh, top. It's a big subject two times a year in November and in March, when we spring forward and when we fall back. <laughs> so even though we were granted a 24-hour Sunday, uh, I don't blame people not using it for, for uh, improving their sleep or taking advantage. Of course, I'm biased. I'm a sleep guy, so I'm going to use it as, as for sleep. Uh, but, yeah, now I'm thinking about young, par- young parents, uh, those who have uh, infant and toddler. They don't realize that. It's, uh, it's an extra hour of sleep for them. So if they're used to be awake at 6.30, well, there's a big chance that on Sunday morning the, their kid was awake at 5.30. So, yes, we're hearing more and more of these sleep complaints around this time. But in the, in the biggest scheme of all things, I think going back to uh, that standard time will be beneficial for everyone on the long term. Hmm, okay. So we also hear from people like, oh, I'm just not a morning person. And so I always wonder, is it possible to train somebody to have like a regular sleeping pattern that they need to have, even if they don't feel like they're a morning person? Absolutely. So we have allegedly three types of sleepers. So you have early birds. Uh, you can picture them as going to bed around 9 and 10 and waking up around 5, 6. You have intermediate. Uh, those will be in bed between around 11 and wake up at 7. And then you have night owl. Those will go to bed around midnight 1 and wake up at 8, 9. So these are your three sleepers. Of course, you can, you can already imagine that a teenager, for example, that wants to wake up naturally at 8, 9 will always be late at school. Uh, so we do have strategies to, uh, to shift them, either advanced people or delayed people in terms of bedtime. And 
the biggest factor for that is light, light exposure and absence of light. So that's why when you, you, you can understand why we don't like uh, daylight saving time, especially for our night hour, if they are exposed to light too late in the evening, they will not be able to initiate sleep at a decent hour, and therefore their morning will be a nightmare. Okay, so it's possible. We just have to take it more seriously, don't we, Jonathan? Well, sleep is one of those non-negotiable biologic needs that we have, and for some reason, it is almost the only one that we do negotiate and that we try to reduce. I've never seen or I really see people that are not on a very strict diet trying to negotiate the amount of food they take. But for some reason, we always negotiate, oh, I can go on with only six hours or five hours, I can do this. And there's this badge of honor also that, see, I'm only getting five hours of sleep and I'm still very productive during my day. The point is not that you cannot go through a day with only five hours of sleep. It's you're just not the best version of yourself. And you may be more exposed to injury and illness. Someone who is sleep restricted, sleep deprived, is more likely to catch a, a flu, for example. Hmm. Okay. See, all important stuff to know. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. And please, everyone, take care of your sleep. I will, for sure. That's Jonathan Shere, PhD, Director of Athlete Sleep Services, Behavioral Sleep Medicine Specialist at the Center for Sleep. Good advice. I know. I wonder how many hours. Like, I get probably about seven. I'm about seven on the nose every night, and I try to be disciplined about that. How about you? How many hours of sleep do you get a night? Simi at cknw.com.